Welcome back to the Movement Underground Radio. This is Mike Stella, and boy, do I have an episode for you guys today. Um, so if any of you guys follow me on Instagram, you might have noticed that post uh, a week or so ago about me telling my story about my Gator National Championship ring and how it was given to me by one of my athletes. And so I'd lost touch with a lot of these guys over the years, and that moment and the feedback from you guys really inspired me to reach out and see if I could reconnect um, with some of these athletes that have been so influential in my career. And so I sent out some DMs on Instagram, and these guys responded with overwhelming positivity and willingness to come on. So I've got six Gator greats, track and field legends, uh, and just great guys in their own right. Um, So we have Christian Taylor, who's the two-time Olympic gold medalist in the triple jump and also a four-time world champion. Kamal Messick, who is a Olympian for the country of Bosnia in the shot put. Gray Horn, uh, a former SEC champion in the decathlon. And is now an assistant track and field coach at Wake Forest University. Ben Davies, a standout javelin thrower, but also a decathlon athlete himself. And Um, who's now currently an actor. Uh, We have Jarius Cooper, who was a hurdler. Uh, while his time is at Florida and now is the hurdles and sprints coach at Stanford University and And we're rounded out by William Wynn uh, the man of the hour the athlete who gave me his national championship ring in a show of unbelievable unbelievable selflessness um, you know and really is part of the reason why I was able to get these guys together today so without further ado uh, let's introduce the guys and get this party started Welcome to the Movement Underground Radio with your hosts, Mike Stella and Anthony Pranzo. What do high-performance athletes and people have in common? High-performance mindsets. We are here to take an underground look at the stories behind the athletes, therapists, trainers, and people who push their own limits so that we may expand our own. Take a deep dive underground with us in three, two, one. So thank you again. I just wanted to start this off by saying thank you guys so much for hopping on. Uh, For the listeners, again, welcome to the Movement Underground Radio. This is Mike Stella. And I have such a special episode for you guys today that honestly means so much to me because these guys that I'm about to talk to have probably been a larger influence on my life and my career than any education course or anything I've done since then. I think the athletes have always been my biggest teacher and these guys are the ones that I really got to cut my teeth with in the trenches at the University of Florida. So, um, again, I, I, it, it'd be too much for me to name all of your accolades, but just kind of going around the room, we've got uh, Ben Davies, who was a decathlon athlete, switched to javelin because Lord knows his body would not tolerate any more decathlon stuff. Jarius Cooper, who is now the uh, sprints and hurdles coach at Stanford. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. It's funny how uh, the world works. That's uh, so, dude. Well, yeah, man. You know what? Back then, you were always about that coach life. Like you were, I could see you grooming down that path even early on. We got Gray Horn, right? Gray Horn, who's a former SC championship champion in the decathlon. Uh, again, more national championship rings than I can probably mention. But Gray is now coaching at Wake Forest University. Uh, then we have two-time Olympic gold medalist Christian Taylor. Thank you so much, CT, for coming on. We got another Olympian. Kamal Messick, who's a shot put thrower from Bosnia. So we've got an international gathering of superheroes happening. You could just call these guys the Avengers. 
And then maybe the man of the hour will win, who honestly kind of inspired me to reach out to all of you guys um, because of that video that I posted last week. Um, and so, you know, I was like, I got such tremendous. So for you guys, if you didn't see the video on my Instagram, I basically was telling the story about how, um, you know, we came shy of a national championship the year that I was there. And unfortunately, my time at Florida kind of ended. Um, and then you guys, you know, finished the mission the following year. And Will was kind enough to send me his national championship ring, um, which, again, if I get choked up again, I apologize. But um, it was, it's, again, just a, a huge display of selflessness. And, and I told that story and so many people were like, you got to find him. You got to find him. How can, how can it be that you haven't talked to him? And I'm like, my man is like non-existent on social media. Like I could not track this dude down. And I had tried a couple of times over the years to like search for you on social. But um, guys, I'm so grateful that you guys d decided to do this, man. It's, it's, it's blowing my mind right now to see you guys. Unbelievable. And you're all as handsome as ever. So if you guys would like to introduce yourselves or I don't know, say whatever you want to say. Man, I didn't know what to say about that intro, except I might cry too. That was absolutely oh. beautiful. I, I, it wasn't even scripted, just off the cuff, man. I just absolutely murdered that. Man. It actually reminded me, I feel kind of like you. It was like that first year of Florida that was like so fundamental to like the next six years of my life. And we were so close. And thank God my boys finished the job next year because right. we were like so close that year. It was, so, it was really bittersweet. But it was, oh, I was really happy to be there watching. So close. I was actually there in a sling at the University of Georgia at the time when I came back and you guys like murdered that meet. And uh, then we had the SEC that was just like wild the year before. So yeah, no, I'm really excited, man. It's great to get to see everybody again. So good. So good. Most of these guys are roommates, right? 207. Is that the right number? Did I get that right? Correct. Correct. 207. Wow. <laughs> and the homeless guy, Kamal, who was just sitting outside on the bench. Hey, man. Kamal. We fed him. <laughs> Yeah. You guys, fed, yeah, you guys fed them well too. All, I mean, all the protein geez. shakes, all the Gatorade yeah. shakes. Oh, we took real good care. I mean, I shaved his back once. That's how <laughs> we were. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. Yes, you did, buddy. Yeah, dude. You might have done it more than once, if I can recall. Uh, probably. <laughs> That's how we roll, man. Oh hey. my gosh. We were oh, a big man. family, so we helped yeah. each other out. Yeah. Uh, that is the definition of family right there. That's for right. sure. Oh my gosh. Well, all right. I mean, I don't have like formally scripted questions. I have a couple of things that I want to, as like maybe jumping off points for you guys. Again, that introduction doesn't do these guys any justice at all because, you know, between them, they have more national championship rings than fingers and toes to put them on. So um, all of you guys have had obviously tremendous athletics, athletic careers and some of you have moved on to the coaching aspect, right? CT and obviously Kamal, you guys are still competing. Any of you guys still competing? Who's still competing? Yeah, yeah. I still compete. Will, yeah. Will still competing. That's awesome, guys. That is so Here we cool. go. Shots fired. All right. Mike's coming for you, Will. That's it. That's it. Let's go. We got, flush. we got flushes to hand out for everybody. But, um, yeah, again, I mean, like, you know, my, my immediate memory of you guys. We need to fly Mike out to USA. Hey, man, listen. I got Delta miles I've been waiting to burn. So if you guys are going to be there, I'll come. I will definitely come. Um, listen, my, my early soul, like, again, I was like a kid from New York, got my athletic training degree, got offered a job at Florida and just drove down there without having a place to live. You know what I mean? I just drove down and figured it out when I got there. And you guys, you know, you guys were like, at the time, were the top recruiting class in the nation, if I recall correctly, right? You guys were touted as like, wow, the best 
recruiting class for track and field, you know, maybe even ever, right? So like when we talk about a superhero style assembly, you guys definitely fit the bill. And there was a lot of hype, right? There was a lot of hype for the Florida Gators track team that 09 year, um, which was definitely a thing that I think is sometimes tough to live up to, especially you guys are like 18, right? You're like 18 years old. So what Christian, do you guys I think, you were, think about? Christian wasn't, wasn't even allowed to like buy cigarettes at the time or get, or get a lottery. I think you were 17, right? <laughs> yeah, that's because that's what uh, Olympic gold medalists do is uh, smoke, yeah. smoke cowboy killers on the, <laughs> on the outside. I was 17, so I was like to be, you know, shout out to Mike Morrison. You know, we had the plug. And... <laughs> that's right, Mike Morrison. Uh, wow. Awesome. Mike Morrison. We never smoked cigarettes, by the way. I was just saying he was under 18. Was... <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you're just making the point that he couldn't even you. if he wanted to, man. <laughs> That is awesome. So what do you guys remember from that back then? I was a sophomore when these, when these guys came in. So it was really fun to um, kind of be around, but just really kind of watch everything grow together and how we figured each other out. I think that's the one thing that happened behind the scenes that people don't really realize. Uh, it took a lot of teaming on us to figure yeah. out what was going to happen here. So um, and I think it's just funny, like my first memory of you, Mike, is like walking into the training room after having like an okay freshman year and just being like physically not there. And like you met me day one and you're like, oh, you got a sport turning. You're like, oh, you need surgery. And I'm like, where have you been, oh, where have you been my whole life? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, that's because I, I, that I wrote my thesis on that. I remember yeah. I wrote my thesis on sports hernias and you were like the classic example of it. But yeah, I remember that you had a really hard time getting that yeah. diagnosed I'm well that's awesome man well it sucks yeah, it, took, it took me like six months to run finally and I was like okay someone said I need surgery let's do it because I'm ready to run like I got all right I got William Wynn who's been kicking my butt since high school <laughs> and like I need to figure it out like there's a lot going on so but I appreciate that that was good for me so, yeah. adversity yeah, is always the best teacher right yeah you got to be honest, oh, Coop. Was your first thought when you saw us, like, these guys are awesome, and second thought, how is Kamala a freshman? Was that your, like, <laughs> first of all, shout out to Coach Lemke, man. Coach Lemke, man, is a goat, and he knows exactly what he's doing. But I think it was fun to watch you guys come in because everyone really came in with their own very individual personalities. Like, yeah. if you go back and you look at that time period and the people who were on the team, like, Personality-wise, we were all so different. So many different backgrounds. You guys yeah, came from so many different, you know, like yeah. cultural backgrounds and places in the world that you lived. And you guys really did. I mean, again, you know, you talk about track and field as an individual sport, or at least that's how like maybe, maybe mainstream media sees it because of at the Olympic stage, the world stage, it's a very individual sport. But you guys really meshed as a team. And it was so cool to see. All the different backgrounds did not matter. You guys were a brotherhood almost basically from the jump, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's, like, the best team I've been on. You know what I'm saying? Like, coming from high school and uh, summer track and all that, and then you go to Florida track practice, you got Christian running 45 seconds. It's, we only been here for three weeks. <laughs> he got a tired run, and then Kamal uh, doing standing long jump. He jumping 12 feet and stuff. Like, it was just crazy, and then – you got Jeff Dents coming in from football, Terrell, Jeremy, Callen with an Olympic team. Yeah. You got bad practice, and we all get it in. You're like, dang, this, we can be great. Yeah. You guys were great. If it, goddamn Arkansas and Oregon in their distance programs. Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Those, the, the little guys got us. <laughs> we got beat by the tattoo crew. Arkansas no, distance crew. guys. Arkansas distance guys. All those guys with the uh, pig <laughs> suey tattoo right here. Well, I got go, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was, was going to just say, because you mentioned, I think you were talking about the national championship with Arkansas and, uh, and Oregon, but the SEC one, which because I unfortunately got rocked out injuries-wise, you remember, so I, didn't get, I didn't get to go to nationals, but it's SECs. It was wild, like how unbelievable – unbelievably strong our team was that I think right. everyone on this call got hurt at SECs besides maybe Gray. <laughs> like really like we all got hurt yeah, at SECs yeah, yeah. and we still got second place in the most one like Krishna dropped out That's Maul got hurt I got hurt right and it was just Greyhorn yeah. doing work and it was like the last <laughs> I mean, like I, maybe you were healthy at that point but it was just like man we were well, that's how stacked talk about, like let me well, talk about I was that healthy then I wasn't oh, healthy not, in the oh, other SECs at home yeah oh yeah, yeah. We were at home. no I was I was I was, I was so broken. You're out, you're out, Zeusy, dude. I snapped my rib throwing javelin in SECs. You remember that? That's right. Yeah. I get a hanging rib, I cracked it. I had no idea. And then, then uh, Andy, it wasn't you. Andy came out there and didn't know what was wrong and started pushing on it. And I was like squealing, like kicked a dog or something. I was like, oh, no, stop. Yeah, my rib. We're just going to lean on it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember I hurt my hamstring. Andy like was like, oh, it's a cramp. And like put his whole thumb in it. And I was like, no, no, it hurt. It's too bad. Mike, man, where'd you go? <laughs> Where were you at, man? You, you were like the Band-Aid. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that SEC championship, right? So, obviously, every, in the decathlon, everybody was talking about Mike Morrison. And then, obviously, you had Greyhorn and Ben Davies who were like, you know, people knew about you guys because you guys were high school standouts in the decathlon. But everybody was kind of like, yeah, you know, their time will be in a couple of years. And then Ben, gets, ben was kind of showing real hard during that indoor season then gets hurt and gray who kind of was like you know like again at the time the pers the perspective was gray's time will come but in the future and i'll never forget this man i'll never forget that s because we had that rain delay remember gray we had that long ass rain delay so you didn't oh i remember you didn't run the mile until like <laughs> midnight and Sun it was, was the last down, event yeah. and you were like within you were you were like within freaking closing distance, and you basically PR'd your mile on SECs and won the SEC championship. Is that not how that? That went is down? true. With I'll the never lowest score that. in the history of the SEC. <laughs> With the lowest total score. The lowest score in the history of the entire conference. Hey, a win, a win is a win on paper, my friend. A win, win is a win. Up. It doesn't matter how you get there. It all looks the same on the scoreboard. Absolutely. That's awesome, yeah. man. Very, very cool. But I'll just, I'll never forget that, like, kind of like giving you a flush. And for those listeners, you know, a lot of my listeners are like clinical population, but a flush is basically like effleurage, like Swedish massage, just kind of like working these guys, just getting them, you know, we were doing it more for like blood flow and that kind of thing at the time. Yeah, like we recovery. were thinking and recovery and flushing out gray. And I just remember being like, dude, fuck everybody. <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> Don't listen to any of the haters. Just no, I remember run exactly your what race. you said. You said go out there and show them your balls of steel. That's it. <laughs> word for word. Word for listen, word. That's uh, exactly, that is exactly well, That's well, right. Well. I said let those balls hang low. Listen, man, I mean, I have a way with words. What can I say? It worked. <laughs> worked for me at the time, man. Awesome, Appreciate man. you. So, so cool. So cool. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, Christian, let's, let's hear from you. You've been quiet. You've been just soaking it in right now. Yeah, man, I'm just I'm just enjoying this reunion, you know. Um, <laughs> and like even from the beginning, the perspective, like I came in and was thinking, like, yeah, what, what's gonna happen with my flex bucks? And and I just got immediate perspective when 
Kamal came and, and he started <laughs> talking about his childhood of, of them playing dodgeball with rocks, you know? And I know, man. I was just like, what kind of childhood did this guy have? Like, that's just not normal, you know? Um, so he really made me appreciate what I had coming in. And then also, you know, like he had even like a bump on the back of his head, you know? And so like, I, I never forget like how that was normal for, for a childhood, um, you know, and, and in the US that would be trauma. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, it's just like, I can only reminisce, like when I see you guys, I, I can only reminisce of, of, of good times, man. No, those are some great times. Yeah, speaking of Kamal, I, he, Kamal always had the best stories, and I think it was the best part about his stories were early in, early in the year when he didn't really have English quite down yet. It was mostly just like expletives. His stories continued to get better. But I remember this, my favorite Kamal story is like, he was telling me, he's like, Mike, you had to come fishing in Bosnia. And I'm like, why would I go to Bosnia and go fishing in Florida? This is the best fishing in the world, man. The best sport fishing in the world happens in Florida. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. He's like, in Bosnia, we put bread in the water, and then when the fishies come, surprise, grenade. <laughs> and I just remember absolutely losing it, like, because I was not expecting him to say, he's like, no, 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 you, you misunderstand. Fucking throw a grenade in the water and just blow the fish up. That's a true story. It is. It is. They don't Again, do the fishing, the fishing anymore. But at that time, you could do it, you know? That's so funny. Today, oh my God. Normally, you fish normal. a little bit. Hey, today they fish the normal way. <laughs> Slackers. They fish the normal way. <laughs> Slackers. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta bring it back to that grenade life, man. Jeez. Yeah, how, how easy is it to get a hand grenade over there? Just to right. fish with it. Just hey, like go to Walmart thing, and grab a couple. That you have to understand that, that the war. The civil war ended like 10 years, 10 years before I came to Florida, you know? Yeah. And many people had still a lot of weapons at their houses and, you know, a lot of grenades. They, so why to buy fishing gear when you have grenades? You understand? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, use what you got. Don't go buy bait and fishing rods and you can just use bazookas and hand grenades. It's a thing of survival. Survival. That's amazing. But yeah, you know, like we're we're making light of a story, but that's that you know, again, like, you know, that's yeah Kamal's truth, right? Is is coming from a place where you know, there's a lot of uncertainty, maybe similar to the yeah, times that we're facing now. Everything that uh, this the world's uh, that after the war, you start from a zero, you know. Yeah, so totally. You were behind, behind a lot, behind another countries. They never had wars and things. Right. So I gotta brag on getting better today. We are fighting Bosnia fights to get in the European Union. So see, I hope they will get one day there. So when you're in the European Union, you're safe already there. Will be no more wars in your country, you know, because the union takes care of that. Right. Wow. Yeah. I got to brag on Kamal too, because when I got down there, I don't know how much English you even knew when you actually came to Florida. But hey, I remember English was great. We, Come on, man. Well, no, what was so incredible <laughs> was Pisca, Pisca, Pisca. That's yeah. all I remember. Kamal literally came in and we you we you'd speak like a full sentence and you just stare and be like okay like you, you had, I don't think you had any idea and literally you picked up the language so fast and became such an integral part of our group 
and Thank we you. had such a great time together and you ended up crushing it even in the classrooms like Kamal was such a tremendous story the entire time to come in and improve not only on the track but just being a part of the school and just dominating your classes and being able to speak fluently in like two months or something crazy yeah it, was like uh, it really was impressive man hey can we can we also give a shout out to Tim Ike no oh, Tim Ike got us through there boy hey come see me as soon as possible hey possible just in case Chill, boy. a lot of love from us man he put us in those oh, classes man. that we can survive. Plants class? <laughs> Did you boys take plants class? <laughs> plants. No, I had fun with you. I, I took it with you I'm and Kamal, I think. Christian, were you in that class? Yeah. Yeah. Plants, we all work. Plants and people, man. Yeah. Plants and listen, people. Listen, listen, this is going to go on the internet, guys. So, you, you, you know, if you want your gated degree, degree to mean something, you probably don't want to tell them what your coursework was. I, I got to say you guys this studying, one thing. like, underwater hey, basket yeah. weaving. Hey, and hey, biochemistry and agricultural. Yeah, the, uh, it was so hard. Yeah, the the plants class was so great because if you just showed up, they gave you a free plant. And so we thought <laughs> it'd be pretty great to any any girl we thought was attractive. We give them the plant as a gift. And like, oh my god, thank you so much. <laughs> About two months into that class, you could walk by the dorms and there's just plants and all these girls' windows, <laughs> most just handing them out to all the girls. <laughs> like, I can see exactly who was spitting game on who. It's hilarious. Hey, I think none of those uh, plants survived after a couple of weeks. <laughs> we didn't we didn't take good care of it. No, we gave him away. That's so funny. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. All right, let's do this. We're gonna, I'm going to ask you guys some questions. You guys can answer them kind of one at a time in whatever order. Obviously, we're going to try to keep this as civil as possible. But um, let's, let's start with this. This is a cool, like, open-ended question. But, you know, you got, obviously, you guys have all had great athletic careers. You're on, to, you know, it seems like you guys are all doing things that you love. You're coaching. You're still involved with track and field. But if you can go back to the 09 version of yourself, what would you, what advice would you give, you think? What would you tell the 09 version of you? Well, I know. Go for it, man. Uh, I would, I would tell myself to actually sit down and redshirt after having surgery. Uh, I think the one thing that I really did, and now, I guess now that I'm coaching, I'm always like telling kids, like, listen to your body, because I didn't just like to be a, uh, don't be like me, be better than me. Uh, right. situation uh, and I think that that's the one thing I would go back and do I would probably sit down that whole year and actually recover so then I could get back on the track and try to run fast because I think when I ran okay for then like after that uh, I was still like on one leg and I think that I needed time to just heal you know so totally yeah you know what it is like see, listen man even my career I played lacrosse in college like that 18 year old brain is just like, no, I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. It's like instant gratification. Look at, look at who my teammates were. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to, yeah. You want to show up in, for your team. I, absolutely. It makes total sense. Yeah. I was no, a track awesome. practice every day. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Cool. Anybody else go for it. I, I think I wouldn't change anything because we wouldn't have today those stories to tell, you know, you have to accept what you did and how it was. So, you know, if you change something, I think it wouldn't be fair for life. No, totally. I mean, like, I mean, in terms of like, you know, if you had some wisdom to impart, you know what I mean? Like for, for I'll answer the question for myself. Right. So, you know, I was, it was my first job out of college. You know, I got a job with the Florida Gators. It was a big deal. Um, and I was just pissing vinegar. Right. And so, you know, part of the reason why I didn't last at Florida was because I was, I was not that I was a try hard. I kind of was a try hard, but 
I was always trying to be the best, be the best, be the best without realizing that it's not a destination. It's a journey. And, and, and what that led to was some friction, you know what I mean? Where, you know, I got really close with you guys and really enjoyed working with you guys. And, you know, it was kind of like, I got this and, you know, maybe a little bit too big for my britches at, at the time. And so that led to some maybe discourse amongst the staff and ultimately why I wasn't uh, brought back. And so, you know, if, if I could go back, I would have just told myself to be patient, you know what I mean? Um, and just know that my time would come in time and when I'm ready and not when you want it. Um, but yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd say, I mean, it's the easiest thing to say. It's the hardest thing to do. But sure. for me, it would have to be to just have perspective. And like you said, when you're 18, 19 and your brothers are out there and you're tr sweating blood on the track like for months, you're pushing so hard and your your body is breaking down. And you can tell knowing when to back off, when to take the redshirt if you have to. Because it always feels like it's it's now or it's it's never going to happen, which to an extent that's true. But then you you don't know what's going to be the cost down the road. And for me, it was basically never recovering after because we hit the fall so hard and I never backed off once. And it's that load management. They're like, maybe, you know, this today I can, you know, let Gray beat me in one run, you know, so, <laughs> something like that. But uh, yeah, and then even getting to uh, the, the, the indoor season, like trying to push through. And even when I got down to where I couldn't run anymore, I could only throw javelin. I was like, well, I'm at least going to throw javelin to score some points for my guys. And, you know, getting hurt there, it was just being able to take a step back and knowing that we still built something great together and we still are going to be able to get after this next year. But I will say that with a caveat, though, because you did, tomorrow is never guaranteed, kind of like Kamal totally. said. It's like you have to – it's a really weird balance that you got to think through, you got to pray through to know when is the time to pedal to the floor and give it all you got or be like, okay, I got to step back and have some perspective of what my next step will be and what it may cost me down the road. You know, and that's tough, man, because, the, you know, the culture – and, again, I, you know, the culture of not only that – track and field of Florida, but just athletics at Florida in general was, you know, put the pedal on the metal all the time. And, you know, one of the lessons that I kind of learned too is, you know, and one of the things that maybe I didn't like as much was that I got, I saw, you know, athletes are almost like, especially at the college level, like a commodity, you know? And so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you can't go, the next guy will go. And so, you know, what do you do when you're, when you're vying for a spot, you're trying to, you know, score points for your team or, or, or qualify for nationals or whatever it is, is you guys just gutted it out and went for it no matter what. Um, and, you know, and that was part of the mindset. And that's also, it's a double-edged sword though, just like what you're saying. It's on one hand, it, it instilled in you guys that like, you know, that, that warrior spirit of, of pushing through, you know, even when it's really hard and even when you're hurting. And a lot of you guys, you know, obviously you guys have all triumphed in your own ways with that. But the other side of that is like, obviously there is a cost, like you say, Ben, it's, it's definitely an interesting, you know, paradox between, you know, the right, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to go about it. It is what it is, but you know, it was definitely <laughs> tough to see that, like, see you guys get hurt. And then, you know, like obviously my job is to kind of help you guys recover and get better and get back on the track. Yes. But, you know, it was kind of one of those things like, you know, Will was, Will's story was a great, you know, example of that. It was kind of like, Will hurts his hamstring. Oh, you're not going to be ready for SEC. So, yeah, you're out for the season. And it was like, okay, well, what do we do? It's like, well, you know, those resources just get shifted to the next guy. And it's like, man, that sucks. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? This is probably a completely cliche, but, man, I just wish I could go back and enjoy it more. You know, everybody, uh, or, you know, I just remember so many days, I, uh, you know, I just remember so many days where I was dreading going to class, dreading going to practice, all those things, not knowing that they were going to be some of the best uh, days of my life, right? I mean, they always say that it goes by super fast, and man, did it, it went by too fast.
Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Totally, yeah, man. That's, like that's hard for me because I can't imagine having more fun than we did. Um, <laughs> to be honest, like, right. That was the best time of my life, but <laughs> I can't imagine, like, having any more fun um, legally. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's just me saying that I'd like to relive it. I don't yeah, know. yeah, no, I know. I, 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 I 100 believe you. Uh, like I'm, I'm with you with that, man. We, we really had the best time. I'd say my two cents would be um, just telling myself like it's gonna be okay. You know, we lost yeah. our coach a few months after being there, and this was like, like just gutted me. You know, that was yeah. really tough on the like psychological side. Um, you know, and, and I wish I would have just focused on, like, the people around me. Like, if yeah, I just, like, yeah. we're a band of brothers, like, we can get through this um, instead of, like, focusing on the person. Um, you know, because, yeah, I think, like, we all have seen that life changes. Like, life will throw you curveballs. You know, like, your job is not guaranteed. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. But it's, like, you can only, like, control what you can control, you know? And so, um, like, knowing what I know now, I would like to just go back and be like, hey, like, I, I wouldn't yeah. change what happened, but I would just say, yeah. like, hey, just focus on your brothers around you. You know, like, right. y'all can get it done. Y'all are still, like, the number one recruited team. Like, y'all y'all have the capability. You know, so, like, I would have just focused on, like, the people around me instead of what I lost. Yeah, yeah man, that was a, you know, just to cut in real quick, I remember that day vividly. That was actually something I was going to bring up um, because I remember Andy – calling me in his office and being like, Hey man, um, this is what's about to go down. And I was like, well, what? And I could, re I remember looking at his face and knowing something serious was up and you know, they told us that Raina was going to be let go and, and, and they didn't tell me why they wouldn't tell me why. Um, they just said, listen, you know, when the guys come to you, you know, we need you to be there for them. And I said, of course, like that's what I'm here for. But I remember having pretty much all of you in the office, at least it was Ben Gray, uh, Christian, you know, obviously you, you guys were recruited by coach Ryder and, you know, I just remember you guys just all being like, man, we're out. And I'll, you know, and I can just, I would just recall being like, listen, you know, it sucks right now, but look at what you guys have here. Like, look at what you're about to do. Look at what you have on the horizon, you know, and focus on that process and, you know, the rest is going to work itself out. But I, I do recall that it was a really, tough thing for you guys to go through and yet you did uh, Chris you guys did actually kind of rally around each other after the dust kind of settled and obviously you guys put together some unbelievable you know performances individually and as a team yeah I just think just having like just a more mature perspective you know sure. it's like right all the lost time all the mistraining all the like I I've right. been with college visit you know so it's like all, all this opportunity that we could have put towards look Hey guys, we are still the same. Like right. we, mm -hmm. we we did the fall training. We were throwing up together. We were crying. So it's like that didn't change, you know. Like we still got a mission. Like that was that was on our shirts, you know. Finish the mission. So it was like we still had the same goal was the same. Um, you know, just one piece. And so I I would just like to tell myself like, hey, dude, it's gonna be okay. Keep having fun. Keep right. You know, like just just keep like it's gonna be all right. So unbelievable. That's awesome. Totally. Will, what do you got for us, bro? <laughs> Uh, if I can go back and talk to myself, uh, I'll try to – same thing as Christian, tell myself to calm down, not be in such a rush. Because I think, like, with both of us coming out of high school, like, we knew where we were going or we thought we knew where we were going. So, like, a lot of it, you know, with both of us getting hurt at the same time, like, just calm down or rush it. And, like, just like he said, pay attention to people around you. Because I feel like um, – I mean, like, all y'all my brothers, but, you know, I was kind of, like, off 
I mean, me and Coop was close, so Coop ended up maybe living together. But, you know, like, just trying to guess that I feel like our freshman year, we lost by two points. And I, th- I felt like all year, like, we was always so close. Like, every meet that had something on the line, we were always so close. And um, that just showed, like, how good we were. So, like, a lot of it, if I could go back, I try to tell myself either um, to try to be more of a leader you know, try to like, because I feel like our first, our freshman year, everybody was just talented. So that's why we did so well, but there was no, no nothing to focus, no leadership. That's why the next few years, yeah. we, uh, we have to be rather around each other. And then that's what started to get us. That's when you like, doing work. It's, it's, it's the first so time. Good, first you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And like, like, yeah, we round around each other because we had the half fun shirts. Like, it was like, it was our team. Like, that's why we won it. Like, we won it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we love Mouse. You know, everybody loves Mouse. But we felt like we won it, you know what I'm saying? Because we all came together that year. The second year we were there because we knew what we could do. Yeah. So if I go back, I just, like, everything was going to work out. Like, everything for our team for the next three years, four years. And look at us, our freshman year over there. Like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And, like, who would just been, like, talk to each other and be like, you know, look at this. Like, we can, like, just sit down, man. Like, we'll be okay because we're going to take over the next few years. So just tell myself to be patient is probably the most important thing I tell myself going back then. Yeah, that's an interesting thing, you know, because you guys, like, you're, I think you hit the nail on the head, Will. It's like you guys were so talented, but the, the majority of the talent on the team was really young. You know what I mean? So young, yeah. Right, you guys were all so young. And so I think, you know, like having that Except year come blend together. <laughs> <Come on>. and, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Yo, man. I'm yeah, just kidding. Dog, come on, came in a grown man. I thought he was a coach. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's actually going to be a first year quarter with you. Oh, Dude, that's hilarious. Oh, speaking of Mouse, if you see Mouse, tell me he owes me a Letterman jacket that I never got. Mouse owes me a, a bodysuit Letterman jacket. <laughs> A call back. We're not gonna we're not gonna do that to him. We're not gonna do that to him. But like, but I just felt like leadership was lacking our freshman our freshman year because like it wasn't nothing for like we lost. Like I remember vividly, like Jeremy Hall got last in the two hundred, and he got on the bus at you at nationals, and nobody said a word to him. Like nobody like checked him. Nobody like we just weren't have we didn't have leadership. We didn't have nothing like to be like. You know what I'm saying? Calvin wasn't going to get us together. Like, nobody was going to, like, like, we didn't have nothing to, like, like, all the talent was young. And what, what freshman could say something to, you know? A so I think the next year, once everybody had their accolades and everybody settled and everybody knew who they were, then we took off, you know? Uh, yeah. that, dude, that's a huge point, man. That's a huge point. I, I really hadn't thought of it that way, you know, like, you know, kind of thinking back. But that's, you know, you guys were all trying to find your role on the team. You know, obviously, you guys all came in with, your reputations as being like, you know, standout high school guys, but you know, like you don't, I don't think any of you got, you guys were all humble enough where you came in and none of you expect to be like, no, I'm going to run this shit. You know what I mean? And so, but then after that, once you guys, like, like you said, you found your lane and you knew exactly who you were and what you were about, then obviously you guys bloomed, you know? And it was so awesome, even from afar to watch you guys take it down. I just remember being like, so proud and like, you know, because you guys freaking deserved it, man. You know, people just don't realize, like, when they ask me about, you know, like, oh, how, Mike, how do you know what you know and do what you do? And it's like, listen, dude, like, I worked 100 hours a week with F4. You know what I mean? Like, I was mm-hmm. with you guys night and day. Like, that's all we did. Like, people don't realize how much time you guys put into practice and, you know, 
and skills and weight and tra- weightlifting and strength and conditioning and then your nutrition meetings and your coaches meetings and, it's, and then you have school on top of that you know it's like it was ridiculous you know Mike, Mike for the record I just want to say we only trained 20 hours a week um, right oh uh, yeah legally just to keep I, everything I don't I'm just saying when I, I don't know nothing more um, than 20 hours hours a week. Man, wow. sometimes I gotta practice early what do you mean so the rest was maybe <laughs> optional but, but that was voluntarily he's captain yeah which which days were voluntary <laughs> I can't remember which ones were voluntary <laughs> I, I love my school. Right. Of course, of course, NCAA compliance always came first. Always. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, man, those those were good times. And I remember um everybody was hurt at regionals. <laughs> and me and Christian was jumping at the same time I did the hurdles. And me and Christian grew up together. Like so, so I ran, Mike got uh, Mike got me straight before I ran. He had some kinesio tape, like got everything relaxed and everything. And I ran and I just, I didn't like try to win. I ain't try to do nothing. I just qualified. I was like, like just relax. And I was coming back and Christian's about to jump. And Christian's like, what's up? And I was like, Christian, dog, just take your time. Like just relax and get through the phases and you'll do it. You know what I'm saying? Because Christian had one leg by the end of the year, Pan Am team. And then Christian's like, all right. And then. You know, just like looking at how we all had each other's back. You know what I'm saying? Because Christian had lost his coach and all that. So it's like, and that's my dog. So like everybody could just look to each other. Like I know for one thing, like nobody didn't like each other on the team. You know, like everything, it felt like a team. Like I really loved the time that I was with y'all. Like, like great fate, like I miss it. Like, I wish I could go back to it. Dude, I'd work all the 100 hour weeks all over <laughs> to go back and be able to hang out with you guys again for sure. 100%. Mm-hmm. Here. <laughs> <laughs> all right cool uh let's see um what let's go with this let's what is the greatest lesson that track taught you guys what what is like the lesson that you learned on the track that's translated to your life patience patience <laughs> loads and loads of patience yeah track's one of those sports man where it's like you know how much you get a years and years and years of worth of training and practice for a 10 second race, 40 right. second race. <laughs> if you're, if you're a distance guy, a three or four minute race, like it's like ridiculous, right? It's like all that time, all those hours boil down to seconds and minutes. Yeah. I guess for me, the biggest lesson was what you're willing to do. And it applies to anything in life. Like even when you're talking about uh, physical therapy, it's the hundred hour weeks you put in that actually gets you better putting yourself out there to do it. I remember when, because um, I always trained really hard, but I remember uh, Ryder, before he, he left, was talking about these, uh, we were doing these stupid runs. Like, it, there was no benefit <laughs> to these runs we were doing. And I didn't understand why we were doing them. Like, this is not, we're not hitting the right times anyway. And it was just a miserable workout. And I was like, dude, this is not going to help me in the end of the race. And he's like, we're not doing this so you don't feel pain. We're doing this so you know how to get through it when it comes. And that always stuck with me. Because awesome. it was just these things that you do. And it applies to anything, because even like after, uh, my track career was abruptly crushed. Well, I, I still was able to finish out a different school, but um, even getting into acting and, and doing, doing film, it's funny to see the, the people that are always the best, the people that put in the hours that actually read the scripts over and over and over again, coming off books and work with teachers and work the scenes like weeks and days and hours before. And it really does apply for me. It's like, what are you willing to do? And that was, it, I really set in for me at Florida that during that fall, we were getting after it. Like that was, we made so many strides across the board that fall like everyone was like this is I knew we knew I knew it was special quick and um I think that was when I really discovered that was when we hit stride mid-fall 
That's awesome, Ben. I love that, man. That's such a, that's such a cool lesson, the way you put that. Really cool. What do you got for us, Coop? I'm going to have to piggyback with Gray and just really just say, especially now that I'm on the other side, I think it really just teaches you, like, patience. Because, like, you know, looking back and now co- – well, coaching and now looking back, you know, like, I don't think we were doing anything that any other team didn't do. We teamed in a way, like, we fought like brothers. We supported each other. I think it took us a long time, and somebody pointed out that having a little bit more patience for yourself in this has definitely uh, kind of been eye-opening. Because, I mean, it's different now that I'm at Stanford, but when I was at Arkansas State in Connecticut, like, it's a, it's a different type of athlete. And so that thought of being patience is, patient is very important. And even now, patience, I need patience times 12, you know, because all of my young people are extremely smart. And so a lot of it is just getting them to be patient even with themselves in this moment. Right. So I'm, I'm going to have to jump on Gray's train with that one and say patient. Dude, it's one of the hardest lessons to learn. I think you just kind of learn it with time. You know, it's, it's interesting takes patience to learn patience right it's just you know uh, it's and again you know for it's the same boat for me because even as even being on us on the staff side of things again I was only a few years older than you guys so like an age wise we were very very close but I was very impetuous at that time too and very like I always wanted the next thing right I was always looking for the next thing and so you know it's such a, a valuable lesson learned in the trenches man CT what do you got uh, um I, I would say I, I just gained a lot of perspective um, that I, I like to just carry over to like regular life, but I, like no two trainings are alike, you know, no two, I mean, for me, no two jump days are alike. Like this week I can jump and, and set a PB next week, do the same exact thing and it can be trash. And it's like, it's all about perspective, you know? And so it's what, what like always finding the ability to learn something from that, you know, like what, what is a positive takeaway? What is something like there's got to be something good in there, you know. It, sure. it raining, it could be you could be injured, but it's like you know what? Am I better today? You know, and and this is one thing I, I tell kids all the time. Like a coach would say, like give give it your all, give it a hundred percent, but my hundred percent might be an eighty percent that day, you know. But it's like I'm gonna give you a hundred percent of that eighty, um, you know. And so it's just been like just applying that with life, you know. It's like if if I'm applying for a job, if I'm going and like I get a no. Well, let me figure out why I got the no and apply that to the next one, you know? Um, so just not being scared to fail and, and just finding that like a positive takeaway in everything I do. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I, I agree with Christian because track learned me how uh, is like about life. Like you learn in the track to join the shot put. When I improve, I get better. So I can take that in life too. Whatever I do, when I work for something, I put hours in there, I will get better in that, in any, in any perspective in life. So it was not easy for us when we came there. As freshmen, they wanted us to be national champions. Okay, <laughs> you know, some 18-year-old freshmen, some 22-year-old freshmen, you know? That doesn't matter. <laughs> but we still got in the same boat. And so I had never the experience to compete in such huge meets as SECs and nationals. So it was not easy. And everybody wanted to work hard out there and to put the points on the table, you know. I know everybody on the team, I'm pretty sure 100% 
wanted to give his best at that point. So we had really to put months and months practices, put hard work in there. So when the season starts to get go, and then when the big meets are there to put the points on the table. So, and always everybody had injuries, everybody, and you have to go through that. And so that's in life. That's like track and field is life. You start from somewhere. When you start, you're going to finish. But if you don't start, you ain't going to finish. There's no finish because you didn't even start. Right. Awesome. Mike, Mike, I, to piggyback off what Kamal said, I think one thing that is always overshadowed and never brought up um, is actually the pressure, the significant pressure that is put on, like, <laughs> you know, kids. Um, right. And, and it's not like people say, yeah, you're in the SEC. But it's like there's still – top programs in the SEC. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, right. it's like, you don't go to Florida and it's just like, okay, well, <laughs> the first year you'll learn, you'll get an experience. Yeah. No, um, okay, yeah. no. Like, there's no such thing as an experience. It's like, whether you're on the football field, whether you're on the basketball court, whether you're on the track, it's like, y'all are going for, for rings. You know, like, right. nothing less. Yeah. Second, well, nothing else. <laughs> second is a loss, you know? And so I think that's one thing. And I actually believe you feel that, you know, because we're coming to you like, we got one leg yeah. and we need you to get us like, <laughs> on the starting line, you know? And so I know you feel that pressure, you know, and, and you've got to like take that. And so I think that's one thing that does not get brought up is actually the pressure that these kids are, are put under. Um, you know, I, I, I was with Kamal sometimes when he was like, my scholarship is on the line right now. You know, like right. that's, that's crazy. I think somebody's throwing 20 meters and it's like, well, like what? What does that mean? You know what, <laughs> what you gonna you do? Fighting, so it's 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 tough, and and I know you felt that for sure. But I think that's something that that's also almost underappreciated, or you know, like just pushed under the rug. No, dude, you, uh, you listen. You you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that isn't talked about, and that's what I meant kind of by like this whole thing about athletes being a commodity. You know what I mean? And that was the part that I didn't really vibe with. Um, because I also, and so one of the things too, that I learned at Florida and, and, you know, I got really close with you guys, you, this group specifically, I got really close with you guys as individuals, but your core group of friends. And I was ostracized at points, be like, he's a little too close, a little too close to the guys. Yeah, yeah. You can't be that. You can't do that. And I'm like, I don't know any other way. I don't know any other way to, how do you, how do you help somebody and not connect with them? How do you, how do you, inspire an athlete to work through pain and work through hardship and uncertainty and adversity if they don't trust me how are they going to trust me if, if they don't the real, the real answer right. is they can't is they and can't you can't and so and so the funny thing is is like that was a lesson that i learned through you guys is that like my business now that's not an issue you know because it's i get close to my clients because it's, it's a, it's a partnership. It's an alliance. And, you know, I think, you know, obviously I am so grateful for all of you guys because you guys, you know, obviously embraced me from the very beginning. Um, but we did have that, that brotherhood, even among, you know, like again, yeah. for, even from staff to team where you guys knew you could come to my office door and be like, you know, lay it out on the table. But you know, it's a lot yeah. of pressure, man. It's a lot of pressure for an 18 year old, you know what I mean? Where you're still learning, who you are as a human being, let alone an athlete. Like you're still going through those tribulations of life where you just moved, you just living on your own for the first time. Like Kamal moved across the other side of the planet. You know what I mean? He had no close family or friends and like you guys became his family. And so, you know, it was just so inspiring to see that. And again, it's so hard for me to explain that to people when they ask, Oh, what was it like working at Florida? It's like, fuck, 
It was basically like working on a powder keg that's floating over a rainbow, you know, it's just like, I don't know. Cause there were so many highs, like the highs were so high, but the defeats and the lows were so low. And so it was just like yeah. an emotional roller coaster almost on a daily basis. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I gotta say we all really, I guess be for all of us when we say we really appreciated that relationship because it did show because we definitely trusted you. Or, I mean, I can speak for myself that I trusted you more than some of the other trainers um, at the time. And you did yeah. terrific work on us. And there is a lot of pressure, um, but just knowing that you have someone who's gonna get your back when you do get hurt and help you through that stuff, it allows you to get better too. And I, I'm one of the people that I actually really, really loved the pressure. Like I, I love working in pressure field environments, but I, I talking about a commodity thing, um, it was, fascinating because it was the first time that you'd worked on these certain machines with me because my body was breaking down and i remember being hooked up to like all like it was like the hit of mat the pressure yeah. sleeves and it was like all these machines <laughs> i was I remember looking around at all of us and i was just like we're all in there being worked on almost like it's like a like a like an auto shop where you just gotta get this car running so it can perform again because it's like we're being right. paid in scholarships to be advertisement for the school that's why they're putting money in us so we can have the jerseys and win and be like hey come to florida and right. so, so I, and I appreciate that responsibility and I wanted to wear that banner, but it was an interesting feeling being like, you're in a body shop almost so they can get you ready to go back out there. And that was like the whole point of it, you know, and it, it yeah. was, it was pretty wild. And I appreciated you being there in a more personal sense to help us through that process. I think it came from too, like me being a college athlete also, obviously not on the scale that you guys were. I mean, you know, lacrosse is like a very small niche sport. It's very regional to the Northeast, or at least it was at the time, you know? And so like, I was a heavily recruited lacrosse player, which is not saying much, but um, you know, like I knew what it was like to be on the athlete side of it. Maybe, maybe a little bit more so than, you know, some of the other trainers at the time, because it was still pretty new for me. And I was also a guy that got hurt and fell through the cracks. You know, I was a guy that got hurt and then nobody had the answer for me. Nobody, nobody was there to guide that process of like, okay, here's where you are today. Here's point B. This is what we're going to do to get there. And so my personal mantra was always like, you know, nobody's going to fall through the cracks on my watch. And so I, I took it, I took that personally. And so, and again, when you guys put your trust in me, like there was just no fucking way on the planet I was going to let you down it didn't matter like you know I was I told a story online about Will dude Will would come in for treatment after his night class at like 10 o'clock at night people were like you're still at work at 10 o'clock at night I was like yeah yeah we were there until until mm -hmm. we didn't have to be there anymore you know that was just the mindset was you know results by any means necessary and that's what it was on the track that's what it was in the training room that's what it was in the weight room with Matt it was like results by any means necessary so what I learned from track is uh, I learned that your mental's got to be tight. Like you, you, your, your head is more important than probably your body. In this. Just from trying to come back from being hurt and just not really just where I could just go do stuff and then where I couldn't and just trying to and just figuring out like so much of it is just really on you. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I learned. And to uh, go back to uh, Mike talking about like he just trusted us and he dealt with us like I think like going into the following year that that's what brought us closer because we looked up and like everybody that everybody liked was gone like Raina came to my house and recruited me also you know like I, I like Raina too even to the day when I see him I try to talk to him we still have good talks and everything and I remember going in the mouse office and this is when this after this then we started rolling and I was just like the same thing I was like oh you can't you can't treat us all like we're just numbers. Like I'm a person, Christian's a person, Ben's a person, you know, Gray's a person. Like once you 
get us individually and like you try to like we start to trust you that we were probably going to start to win and like I mean that did, that went how it went but it was a day uh Terrell blew up on Andy or something it was it was a that was a day God. but yeah Woo. so thank God for growth I would just like to say I, I would like to thank God and the universe for growth because um <laughs> like literally going through like I would not be here I would not be in the positions I would not have coached the athletes uh, in this young coaching career that I have, had I not been to Florida, had I not been teammates with you guys, had I not had situations in the training room with Mike and helping me figure out my own situation, you know, like, so for, for, for me, it's just a, yo, it was a humbling, humbling experience again. And I take, um, you know, I, I've seen CT at track meets around a few times and we talk, I see great now we're on different sides of the country now, but like we'll stop, we'll make time, we have conversation, you know, I think it's super important. I've seen Will and like, there's still something in that camaraderie even to this day that I can look back and say like, yo, this is a huge benefit for me. Cause again, I wouldn't be in this position now if it wasn't for being around these people and, and, and knowing coach Ryder, like Ryder didn't coach Ryder, but look, Ryder didn't coach me, but we talk all the time now. Like I see him and like, in Canada at Canadian Nationals last year and like he's coming over talking to me about one of my old my old sprinters and I'm like bro take him please help him. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's awesome. I would love to see that so yeah I mean it, it the connection is unreal um it's just unreal yeah man I mean listen it's been over a decade since you know I've talked to any of you guys like, and, and again, I do apologize for that. You know, that that's not cool, but it, it just sitting down and talking with you guys now, it's like no time has passed. That's what it feels like, <laughs> which is absolutely. And that's when you know, it's real shit. You know, that's when you know, it's for yeah. real, you know? And, and again, like I sent that message out to you guys and, and truthfully, I was like, you know, hail Mary, like maybe, maybe I can get a couple of the guys to come on and, you know, sit down and talk, but you guys all were like, yep. You know, and gray did not respond. Cause apparently like you need a, no, I didn't call. I don't know access code. Me, man. I feel bad. But hey, but listen, you're here, <laughs> but you're he, you showed up. You're here. That's what. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm. That was the point. Is like, you guys all took times out of your schedules as professional athletes, as professional coaches, and to to come and and to have this little reunion and just sit down and chat for a bit, man. It's it's just it's humbling for me and it blows my mind. It really does blow my mind. But um, you know, again, sp even speaking to Will's point, like the mental side of it. You know, back then in, in, the, in the 2000s, like everything was about biomechanics. Like as, as far as like my, what I do, you know, for a living is like, that's all we were concerned is like meat vehicles. Like you guys like working on the mechanics of your body. And what I know now, you know, 10 plus years later is this idea that the, the software runs the show. And if you're not together here, you can't be together here. And and what, what I was doing, like when we built that trust and that connection and part of the reason why we got great, you guys got great results working with me specifically was because of that, right? Mm -hmm. Where, you know, call it placebo, call it what you want, but because we had a strong connection, because we had a relationship, because you trusted in me and you guys trusted in the process, that's why you felt better and that's why you perform better. And it's, and, and it's less to do with the, the meat, it's less to do with the muscle, it's more to do with kind of like the neurological processing that your brain goes through. Like when your brain feels safe, it'll let you do things. If your brain feels unsafe, if your nervous system feels unsafe, it will lock you up. And so that is a huge part of the process for any athletes. Like now I'm aware of it. 
back then I think I was maybe doing it by mistake, but um, you know, the results again were, were awesome. And again, I, I can't thank you guys enough. You guys have changed my career for the better. I wouldn't be sitting here doing the things that I'm doing now had not been for, for that time at Florida for the, for the adversity, but also for the lessons and for, you know, again, you guys are some of my greatest teachers of not, not only clinically, but just being a man and being a, a healthcare provider. Um, I definitely learned a ton from you guys. I wish I could have had you for four years, bro. <laughs> I know, man. I, I was glad you were there the first year. We probably wouldn't have made it through that one. <laughs> yep. Actually, my freshman year was the only year I was healthy the whole season. Me too, dog. Me yep. too. You guys and then were, to get you guys the back with uh, what Ben was saying, talking about all of us in there getting treatment at the same time, and I tried to explain that too, that, you know, I'll, what, what place did y'all get before we got there? My freshman right. year. So, I don't like, – wait, first of all, time out. Can I just say, like, I don't even remember my freshman year at SECs because I was literally probably not – was I? it was at Auburn maybe. And I don't know how I was running at that point because I was literally – like, I could only practice for, like, 20 minutes at a time. Like, yeah. And then Mouse brought in this class – and then, like Ben's talking about all of us getting treatment, and it's like, you think about, like, with cars, like, you think that, you know, you're going to get a luxury car, a high-end car. You know, we got all these Ferraris now. Florida got all these high-end cars. You know what high-end cars got? High-end maintenance. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to take care of them <laughs> differently than you take care of your little Chevy or your little Toyota, you know? Dude, you're 100% right. Saying you got to take care of it. You know, brakes on a Ferrari cost more than brakes on a, a you know what I'm saying, a, a Honda. Well, I, I would like to say that we also we also had a great takeaway on how to do self service. Yeah, so we know how to do the ultrasound. Yeah, no flow. <laughs> no nothing. That. We was just like, do it. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> Shots like, fired. No, no, I got it today. I got it. It's cool. <laughs> Oh, you know um, I don't know what you guys talking about. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, um, no, Will. That's an awesome point, man. Because yeah, it, it, again, even when I when people ask me about like, oh, what was it like working track and field? And here's the truth. I don't know if you guys knew this, but I was originally offered the job for football, and then what had happened was um, they turned that position into a full time, a full time staff position for football. And so they basically, so the track job they made up. They were like, we already offered you a job. That job isn't available anymore. So will you? Do you want to work track and field? And at the time, I was like, oh, man, you know, track's really not my thing, but I really wanted to work at Florida. But it was the best thing that ever happened for my career because, listen, you know, like an ankle sprain is easy. Like it's swelling. I see what happened. Like I know what <laughs> happened injury-wise. You guys were always just like coming up with like these mystery injuries. Be like, as we walk in, be like, yo, Mike, I, w I was running. I ran. I ran. I PB'd yesterday in practice, and today, and today. My throat hurts right here. You know what I mean? I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> like, like, dude, Chris, Christian had a plantaris injury. You know how many plantaris injuries I've seen since then? Yeah. Zero. Never seen it again. I had Ben, Ben Davies, basically, I was basically taping him together to throw this out. Yeah. Just was like, real... I was just like holding the spool of kinesio tape. Be like, all right, Ben, just spin around in a circle. <laughs> We're going to make that this shit work. <laughs> that hamstring injury, too, was a mystery for months. And you were getting there all the time. We, we still couldn't figure out what that was. 
I know what it is now. We tried. I know what it was now. You do? We yeah, thought man. a piece of bone came off at one point. We're like, well, it's just healing up so weird. And then you're like massaging everyone. Like, man, if we massage anywhere else, we're going to like, it's going to get real personal. And oh, like, I know, dude. Yeah, it was like, it was a really <laughs> It was a really high, strain. really high hamstring injury. Yeah, a lot of times what happens is like you have that hamstring strain uh, and, you know, which is, you know, the muscle fibers are tearing, right? And so you, they go through that process of healing. And what ends up happening is the peripheral nerves that innervate the muscle and the skin in that area get entrapped within that new tissue. And so a lot, so if I could go back and retreat you, it would have been a lot more like nerve glides and neuromobilization techniques to get the nerves, the sciatic nerves sliding through that soft tissue tunnel again, because that can really dump a lot of that pain up there. But again, like, like I said, man, you guys got like the 1.0 I'm on version, like, you know, fucking 12.0 now. <laughs> like, I'm glad I could be that learning lesson. <laughs> yeah, really like contribution said, in 09. And, and you're like, yeah. Ben's writing down. He's like, damn it all right he's like let me uh let me get my lawsuit ready uh, listen we're outside the statute now you can't well i want to say like we, we actually we, we were on that path because you we actually started doing neural stretches at right one point, yeah. which is the most the painful blocks, type of stress yeah. that i've ever done ever so we actually did start working on that but then the season that. was uh rolling into it and i was like well i have to score and i have to throw javelin and I actually kind of do because i was sitting here thinking like listening to some what you guys talk which brings back so many memories and it's it's it, they all mean so much like you said like all those moments just like embedded in your mind you're like why why was this such a great year why are these moments so great and at the time you know i said like perspective would have been great like maybe i would just held myself back but that meet and giving it all and even being like limping in there with a broken rib and scoring getting fourth place and scoring was at six points for my team like that that to me and that memory is almost worth more than a piece of hardware that i could have gotten if it wasn't any adversity to go through like if i didn't feel like i sacrificed an entire year for this moment even though we got second it was like everyone put it on the line you know and I, my senior year this, this speaks to that because my senior year I was in the SOCON conference and we had one this school that I was with had never won a championship and I was like well I want to win one for the first time in my life so I'm not going to do the decathlon I did all open events so I did shot put Kamal I got eighth place in the shot but wow. I, ran the four, I ran the 400 meter hurdles which I had not run since in high school and I got fourth I threw the javelin with a torn UCL that I used an elbow I used a girl's knee brace and threw 61 meters oh, and won <laughs> I put everything on the line and like I, I scored as many points as I possibly could. I was the MVP and this one guy, he had a uh, tendonitis in his ankle and he wanted to train for the Olympic trials. He thought he could make it in the 800 and he refused to run at the meet because he wanted to save himself to potentially run the Olympic trials. And we had all given everything we possibly had. And this one guy refused to run the four by four, didn't run the 800 and we lost by two points. Oh. And I, this, I will never... I'll never Ew. forget that. So even now, like the perspective thing is something you got to really think through and pray through because it's like, I wouldn't trade that for anything. And I also will never forget the person that was not willing to get on the track with me when we had all given everything we had in that moment for that one, that one cause. So yeah, it's, I just had to get, I had to get that out there. Cause I still remember that guy to this day after we, I didn't even get to do the decathlon. Cause I was like, it was, it meant more to me to win as a team. And that one guy didn't put it in for the team. You talk about being an individual sport. It is, but right. there's, there's an element of a team there too and a family. And it was this one guy was not a part of it. And afterwards he's like, sorry guys, I really wish I did. And he's never going to be able to take uh, back that decision. He's never, he can't go back and change that, you know? How did he do at the trial? He didn't make it. He didn't make it. Oh, <laughs> oh no way. That's awful. That guy would have gotten an ass whooping from me, man. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Well, that was not the case for you guys. You guys all laid it out there. Injury, no injury. If you guys had the ability to go, you went. I'll never – dude, I mean, in that, you know, that 09 National Championship outdoor, you know, you were saying two points shy, but, like, it was down to the last race. You know what I mean? And, like, track and field, like a track meet. And, again, for, for those listeners who – 
have never been to a high level track meet, you gotta go because it's just an unbelievable spectacle because it's an all day thing from like 8am to midnight basically. And you know, when you're looking at a team championship in that team championship, you've had people that were winning their events. So super highs. Then you have like what happened to Jeremy. And I think he ended up getting hurt, right? He got last in that 200, but he ended up having a, like a groin issue or something. From yeah, it. He did. it wasn't like he didn't put it out there. It was like, he literally was running on one leg and all of us, and all of you guys, but like, you know, he still went out there and, and put down what he had and, you know, to come yeah. two points shy. So it was like, you know, the whole, just one, you know, a couple of days of a track meet. It's like, boom, 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 boom. And it's like, oh my gosh, like it's emotionally exhausting. You know, I had one year in me. That's all I could do. <laughs> one year. <laughs> that's all I had. You guys were like, I was just emotionally spent. <laughs> Unreal. Well, I will tell you that that's almost worse as a coach now. Oh, man. The highs and lows. It's like you take everything personally. Mm. Too personal. Yep. So, I, so actually, like, it's so funny, like, going back and, like, looking at us and, like, like, I see where, like, the staff was or even, like, the thoughts of where they were and, like, where I am or, like, when I sit in, like, staff meetings, I'm just like... What, 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 were, the, what were the, the staff's thoughts, Coop? I want to know. What? What were the, sta the staff thinking about us? No, I don't know, I, but oh, I know, okay. I don't know, but I'm saying what I think about my own kids since I've been coaching, like, I would have thought we were crazy too, you know, like, so I just, you know. Listen, I sat in on a few of those meetings. <laughs> like, oh my again, God, you please remember, tell. I was please like, tell. I was in between. Well, you know, like, I was in like the sports med meetings, like, so basically we would like have a report of like who could go and it was like, you know, reading down the laundry list of, of, you know, athletes, that, like what your now. status was for practices and. You know, I mean, again, I don't have anything negative to say about the coach. I mean, the coaching, your guys' coaching staff was phenomenal. I mean, again, like from Mouse to Steve Lemke. And again, I, you know, I didn't get to work with Raina for, for too, too long, but he was super supportive. You know, he would give me a hard time, but he was also really supportive. I mean, you know, Lemke was, he was always a huge, you know, uh, resource for me. You know, he would, he would, like towards the end of the year, I think so. One of the things that had happened was, um, and I think, I think Coop, I think you might've mentioned it. There was like a huge blowout with, uh, with the staff. And I think Mouse got on Andy about, you know, one of the guys being hurt and Andy was supposed to be treating him and I was treating him and I didn't communicate something. And so that created some discourse amongst us. And uh, it was definitely a little contentious there for a bit towards the end, you know, and not, not in a bad way, just kind of like it got awkward. Because, like, I was accused of overstepping my bounds. I was accused of, you know, doing things that I wasn't asked to do when I kind of had been asked to do them. You know what I mean? So, it was, it really was a rough spot. And, and Lemke was always, like, a huge advocate for me. Um, and just, like, again, top to bottom. I mean, Mouse, when I did leave that last day, dude, like, he, like, was so inspiring to me. He was just like, man, like, you know, like. I don't want, you know, like, obviously it didn't work out the way any of us maybe wanted it to, but he's like, you have nothing to hang your head about. He's like, you, you, you showed up every single day, never complained and, and laid it out for these guys. And, and this program's better for having you been here. And I was like, damn, that's, you know, and, and that's Mike Holloway. That's like a big deal. You know what I mean? So you guys had a great staff. And, but, and again, I think the athletes like top to bottom, you know, and you guys are a great example of, you know, that cross section of guys on the, on that, on that track team. But 
you had characters, but you also had, um, you guys were just an unbelievable group of, of young men. You know what I mean? It was a great, great situation culture, to be in. Culture builders. These, culture. these right here, these are, these are culture builders right here. You know? Totally. It definitely, you know, it, it definitely came from, I mean, the success came from somewhere and the thought and the changes that happened, you know, with the program, obviously they rattled off a bunch and they've been doing really well. So, you know, something changed for the better. And, uh, you know, I think all of us were there in the time when those changes were occurring. And a lot of it was again, like culture, us taking real ownership in what we were doing and having a lot of pride to where the, the Gator brand across our chest at that point was, it, it became something not just about track anymore. Like it was, but it wasn't. Like, I think we reduced it to something basic, like having fun in a locker room one day in this huge meeting. And so some, some Walmart smiley face shirts were born. <laughs> no, you you said it, man, culture, dude. You guys, you guys started that winning culture. You were that group that got everybody to buy into it. And then, you know, and then you guys left that legacy. That program is what it is. You know, obviously, you know, huge credit to, to Mouse. Yeah. You know, for yeah. bringing in the right people and the right athletes. But you guys started that culture where it was like you, it was a synonymous term, was Gator track and field and, and winning. Those became synonymous terms where it was just a, a thing you know what i mean um and you guys started that you know what i mean you guys create you guys were part of creating that culture because you bought in and you guys rallied around each other and you guys created this brotherhood that you then passed down to the next class and they passed it down to the next class and they passed it down to the next class winning's a mindset man it's a mindset like you know there's plenty of talented athletes out there there were plenty of talented teams that you guys competed against that, ha that were great top to bottom, just like you were. You guys won because of the intangibles that you don't, you don't see or that you can't measure, you know what I mean, with a stopwatch. Mike, can I ask you a question? You know, yeah, I'm of not, course, man. It's not like me to stir things up, but <clears throat> I just, it just seemed like <laughs> this is something right below the brim. Uh, from, from your position, <laughs> what was it like um, to be in your seat, to see athletes coming in from battle day in and day out, um, and you, whether it's called lack or negligent, what, what, what was it like to basically see opportunity, but almost have to take a back seat, um, but then feel punished when you did take the leap? Oh man, you know, again, dude, it, it's, I think my mindset then again was, I, my goal was to be the best sports medicine practitioner I could be. And so I kind of got tunnel vision and where I went wrong was, you know, and my perspective also was if Andy ever asked me to do something, I made sure that he never had to ask me to do it again. Like it was like, Oh, this is what I have to do today. Great. Right. I'm going to do this every day now. Right. You don't have to ask me, you know, that's just the way I was brought up. And so, yeah. and, and so part of it, I think happened. And, and again, it wasn't, this is not pointing the finger. This is not the blame game or anything like that, but Andy taught me so much and he was such a great mentor to me. Like I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if not for Andy clock, he showed me a side of athletic training that I didn't know existed. On the other hand, um, as I got better with my hands, right. And I got a better manual skill set, and I was learning a lot more. And then I had built the trust with you guys. And so 
when all of you guys would come in and come right to me, it kind of created this like, wait, why aren't they coming to, why aren't they going to Andy? Cause he's the main guy. And so that, uh, as far as the coaching staff was concerned was like, Hmm, that's kind of weird. Why is that the case? And like Christian, you were a big part of that too. Cause I remember talking to, yeah, I remember talking to, uh, um, I just wanted to be the tutor in on time. Raina, Raina at the time was just like, he's like, um, who was the coach that kind of took over? It wasn't Coach Welty. Who was the other guy? I f- I'm forgetting his name. Um, but he came to me. He's like, man, you, you and Christian kind of have a thing going on, right? I'm like, I'm like what do you Ooh, mean? Morgan? Like, well, yeah, O'Neal? O'Neal. O'Neal. Coach O'Neal. Coach O'Neal. O'Neal. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, because, you know, um, you know, we were in our meeting and, and, and Christian told Mouse to ask Andy to back off and just to let Mike do his thing. And that was kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> right? And so then it became, that's kind of when it started to become a little bit more of like uh, looking over, you know, and again, like, like you guys said, lots of pressure, right? Lots of pressure on the athletes, but also a lot of pressure on the staff. And so here's this young guy, intern, kind of, you know, I was there to fill up water jugs basically and just not get in the way. And then when I kind of took more of a role, you know, in the day-to-day with you guys, you know, obviously there was some ego stuff, you know what I mean? And so, you know, my own included. And so, um, you know, it was definitely interesting. It was, but it was a huge learning experience for me um, in terms of just being able to work a little bit better with people. And again, you know, I have nothing but love for Andy. Like looking back on that experience, I would not be who I am today clinically without him. Uh, And I'm so grateful for having worked with him for that long. And, you know, again, as hard as it was for me to kind of be the odd guy looking in on that job, you know, when it all came down. And you guys also got to remember, I had to work like three months knowing that I wasn't being brought back. So that all that championship, all the end of that spring season was, you know, like me getting up at 5 a.m. and leaving the track at 11 p.m. was all knowing that I wasn't being brought back. I got to speak to that too, because I literally remember the day that that happened when I was in the training room. I think you were actually working on me and you went into Andy's room and then you came back out and you were, you were in tears and you were really emotional. And then we chatted for a bit, you know, I think you said like, man, it just sucks to get canned. And then I was like, oh my gosh. And then it was really, it was really, really sad at the time because we had such a tight knit group. It felt like we had like our own almost, we'd started something like right in the middle of the group where it's just kind of feeding out everywhere. And then you came back like the next day and you basically had two choices. You could like wallow in and be upset about the situation or you can make the most of it. And you just like dove back in and got to work like right afterwards. And um, I always really respected that. And that's, it was crazy to think back. Yeah, I really do appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And again, it was like, again, for me, it was just about, you know, like you guys meant so much to me and you guys were so close to achieving that goal. And I was still a part of that, whether, whether I was pissed off or not. And so I didn't want you guys to suffer that. You guys had no fault in that. That was me making some mistakes. You know, that was me pissing on the wrong trees kind of thing. You know what I mean? And again, just in my youth, not, not really realizing that, listen, being good at what you do is part of it, but you also have to know how to play the game right. And as good as I was in the training room, it was I wasn't playing the game right. And so that's ultimately what had cost me. And it wasn't really anybody's fault. It was really circumstantial too, like the way the hiring went that year. You know, we had some, some of the right. trainers that were kind of in my corner were out for various reasons. Andy wasn't part of that decision. 
you know, so it wasn't even like it was on him. He wasn't really on the staff that was hiring. So, you know, he was pretty disappointed also, but, you know, at the same time he was having a, you know, he had a, his program to look after and how to move on to the next thing. So again, it was all a great teaching opportunity for me. It taught me that being good is only a small part of it. You know, you can't hang your hat on talent alone, right? It's hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. It's totally true. Even in the professional world, it's, you have to play, you have to do all aspects of it. Not just, not just one. Yeah. I think playing the game is good too. And I'm, I'm sure like the coaches for sure can, can really speak to that. Like, Sometimes it is just a yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Like, yeah, it up. absolutely. Yep. Straight up. Be <laughs> paperwork, do it well, dot my I's, cross my T's, and get it in on time, and you'll right. be all. Yeah, yep. get that paperwork in on time. Now, if, you're not, if you're not on every single day, the D1 world will chew you up and spit you out. It's, quickly. dude, it's tough, man. You know, like college sports, again, as an industry, is just one of those things. You know, like, think about a business model where you, a, you don't pay your athletes or you don't have to pay your athletes. You don't have to pay your talent. But what that creates is this like money tree of where everything has got like a financial implication. You know what I mean? And so like, again, it's, it's a tough game to play. And especially if you're not aware of all the moving parts, like I was a small cog in a huge machine and not being aware of all the other moving parts around you can affect how you play that game. And so, you know, I was like, man, I'm doing a great job. My athletes, you guys are, you guys were happy. The coaches were happy. I'm like, I'm freaking golden. You know, uh, I'll be here forever. And then I guess obviously it didn't work out that way. But again, I don't regret it either. I mean, I, I do. I really do wish I could have been on that track when you guys took it down. Even as a spectator, I would have loved to have seen that. Um, but again, I'm extremely proud of the work that we did. I'm extremely proud of all you guys. Um, I, I can't, again, I can't thank you guys enough for you know, for taking the time. Damn, it's already 420. I can't even believe like an hour and 20 minutes has gone by already. It feels like I could do this for all day with you guys, but I promise you guys will be hearing more from me. I'm not going to let as much time pass without reaching out, even just saying hello. You guys, I, I talk about you guys all the time to the athletes. I got young kids now that I work with and I talk about you guys all the time. And every time it just bring, it just fills my heart with so much joy and pride and happiness and not to get too sappy, but like, but what a, what a year, man, what a year. You know what I mean? Like, again, I was just so blessed and I'm just so grateful to even been a, a small part in your guys' journeys. Thanks, man. Hey, and keep it up, man. You know, though we don't speak, we still see you on social media and, and supporting you and your practice. I appreciate um, that. Daily. So yeah, like keep sharing those positive vibes and, and, true even knowledge like there's been some even just some treatment exercises that i've actually implemented myself um which has been really really good so well listen and this this goes without say but if there is ever anything that i can do for any one of you i don't care if it's 2 30 in the morning text me you know what i mean like i'm gonna give you guys i'll send you guys my cell number if you don't still have it you guys anything i can do for you just consider it done you know i will figure out well the details we can figure out but um again not i i think this is probably maybe a good time to to wrap it up but i just wanted to say i love you guys uh thank you guys not not even oh, for just man, coming got, on I here got, what do you got, I got I mean, a question mike yeah all sure. right when, when you got the email asking for your ring size what's that <laughs> when you got the when you got the email asking for your ring size how did how did you feel? Because I know when you finally got it, but like just the initiation of the thought. Which one, the SEC it? ring? 
Because remember, the ring size. No, you the got one your, the national championship. Your, that's your ring. That was your ring size, even though it fits, it fits quite yeah. nice, actually. But I, I, we had to get your size. Well, to send it to you for your information. They couldn't do right. your size. I remember that. I remember when, when Welty reached out to me, and she said, Will wants to give you his ring. And I was just like, no, I can't accept that. He's like, she's like, listen, he's determined, and he's going to do it one way. or he, You can either do this willingly and accept it, or he's going to, we'll get your address and we're going to send it to you regardless. And so obviously I complied and gave her the address and, you know, and she was, Welty was awesome. She talk about like an unsung hero because even she was kind of new, I guess at that time. And so she helped me a lot, but you know, she was just like, you know, again, like speaking to like the fact that you were 18 and you were so selfless to, to give that like 18, 19 to give me your ring, man. Pfft blows my mind it blows my mind that that was a thing but uh when i got it in the mail i just remember i don't know memories flooding back you know i remember getting real emotional about it just because you know i knew how hard you worked for it you know what i mean i'm like man like i you know you don't get into athletic training for glory that's for damn sure you know i'm used to being behind the scenes i'm fine with that i kind of like flying under the radar but you know, to know that I made an Im- such an impact on you particularly or you guys as a group that you would think to do that, I mean, it just blows me away. It blows me away today, man. You know, 12, 11 years later, I still, like, I get choked up thinking about it. Like, it makes me, it, 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 it just validates that I'm on the right path. It validates for me that I'm doing what I'm meant to do. Uh, and that's really, you know, like you said, perspective-wise, like shit. You know what I mean? Like right now we're all dealing with a global pandemic. We're locked down our life, you know, things in our lives are not going the way we hopefully had planned or maybe able to do the things that we want to do. But like, we're here, you know what I mean? Like, like Christian said, tomorrow's not guaranteed, but we're here now. And, and the fact that you guys jumped on this call and, you know, spent some time hanging out with me today, it still blows me away. It still blows me away. But again, I mean, I'm just so, so grateful, man. I can't even explain it any other way. It's hard to put into words, but just know. Thanks for listening to the Movement Underground Radio. If you like the episode, please subscribe so that you're notified when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram at the Movement Underground. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeStella underscore ATC. Please visit us on the web at themovementunderground.com and check out our YouTube channel at The Movement Underground. If any of you guys have any questions or would like to leave a comment, please do so or reach out to us through any one of those channels. We'd be happy to get back to you. Uh, if you would like to be featured on The Movement Underground Radio, definitely drop us a line and we can talk. So we hope you liked it and we'll see you guys next time.